Well, here we are. You are the brave few who want to walk the rest of this journey to the cross with Jesus. And I promise you, because you're here this evening, when you come into the sanctuary on Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, the power of that resurrection will be tenfold for you, having journeyed this way with Jesus to the cross. I want to talk this evening for just a few minutes about last words. A person's last words are important, are they not? They are indeed the last thoughts of a dying person as they express them to the world that they're leaving behind. A last message to loved ones, a last hope, a last dream, a last wish. A few precious words for the rest of us to carry on when the fallen can no longer carry on themselves. Luke 23 tells us that our Lord Jesus had some last words as he hung on the cross on that Good Friday. As the crowd gathered, so also did the clouds gather dark and foreboding. The wind picked up and the rain threatened and the soldiers who were casting lots for Jesus' clothing became uneasy, unsure of the sudden change in the atmosphere atop the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. And as the crowd jeered and ridiculed the bloody man on the wooden beams, Jesus uttered the first of his seven last words to the world. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them, Jesus said to God the Father. And forgiveness was what it was all about after all. It was there in that horrible place at this terrible time in history because we, you and I, needed forgiveness. And he was there taking each nail, each strike of the hammer, each blow, driving the spike through muscle and bone, fastening him to the cross. He was there for you. He was there for me. He was there for all of us, taking our sins upon himself so that we might receive forgiveness. Hanging on that cross. Fighting hard for each breath of air. He was between two criminals who were also being crucified on that Good Friday. And as they hung there, the three of them together, one of the criminals taunted Jesus saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. And the other criminal on the other side said, Do you not fear God? Since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, 
And we, indeed, have been condemned justly, for we're getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And so Jesus responds to him with the second of his last words. He says, truly I tell you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, when we hear that passage of scripture from Luke, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Are we like the criminal taunting Christ, unaware of the peril and the death that we are already partaking in because of our unbelief? Or are we like the other criminal? Understanding our sin, accepting the consequences, and knowing that we are in need of a Savior. If only we would be like the second criminal. We too would receive the assurance of paradise with Jesus. Now John 19 says that looking down from the cross, Jesus could see everything. There must have been a panoramic view of the city. He must have been able to see the path that he had just taken, carrying his heavy cross up the hill. He must have been able to see the people looking back up at him, some of them ridiculing him, some of them crying for him to save himself, and others simply crying. And among the faces looking up at him, he saw Mary, his mother, and John, the disciple that Jesus loved, comforting her as best he could in the midst of his own grief. And it was here at this moment that Jesus uttered the third of his last words. He said to his mother, woman, here is your son. As he pointed to John. And he said to John, here is your mother. And from that Hour the disciple took her into his own home. See, he was the Son of God, yes. He was the Son of Man, absolutely. But also, still, always, he was the Son of Mary. The completely human Jesus hung on that cross. The Jesus who felt Pain, both in his body and his heart. The Jesus who loved the world and died for it also loved his mother. See, we can never forget his humanity lest we forget how we became righteous. The gospel according to Mark has an interesting passage in it. Now, how anyone could possibly have known the time of day well enough to record it. And yet in Mark 15, it is recorded for us. You see how that happened, how that was recorded is a mystery. 
We'll never know. This was the kind of event that makes time stand still, or at least it distorts it to where minutes become agonizing hours. But somehow someone knew that it was three o'clock in the afternoon when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? See, at that moment of exact time, somehow recorded for us in the pages of history, Jesus became sin, Scripture tells us. He took on the full weight of all the sin of the world, your sin, my sin, all sin. And at that awful, wonderful moment, we, you and I, became righteous. And he became nothing but rejected refuse, unfit to be in communion with a holy and just God. What a contradiction. The Godhead bodily, Jesus the Christ, now the object of complete separation for the first time ever from the presence of God the Father. What pain can you imagine? What loneliness. What shame, what agony, what love. John 19 tells us that hanging in total isolation from the Father, alone in the midst of a crowd of people, Jesus felt the crushing weight of sin. He felt the same need that we all feel when our body is aching for relief. He felt the same hole in his soul that all of us feel when we have a need that cannot be satisfied by anything but God. And so his parched soul cries out for relief as he cries the fifth of his last words. He says, I am thirsty. What he meant was, I am empty. I am dry. I am deserted. I am abandoned. Whether it was a compassionate response to this cry for relief or yet another attempt to cause him even more suffering and insult, a soldier lifted a sponge soaked with sour wine to his lips. We see a drink was not the thing that Jesus was thirsty for. And when the wine could not satisfy the deep thirst within him, he uttered the sixth of his last words to us. He said, it is finished. It's finished. The work was done. The mission had been accomplished. All had come full circle and no other sacrifice was necessary. Not then, not now, not ever. Jesus paid it all. Debt paid in full. Debt canceled. For those who are in Christ, sin is forgotten as if it never was. Luke 23 reminds us that darkness loomed earlier than it should have on that Good Friday. 
As the first drops of rain crashed against the earth like tears from heaven, Jesus gathered a final breath of air into his burning lungs and lifting himself up on the nails, he uttered the last of his seven last words. Crying with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. To that we can only pray. Father, it is through these mighty acts that we commend our spirits to you. Your merciful gift of your only begotten son has made what was impossible for us possible through the blood of Jesus. Through him, we get forgiveness. Through him, we get righteousness. Through him, we get eternal life with you. And so into your hands, we commend our spirits. Into your hands, Father, because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain and he washed it white as snow. And so like this sanctuary, here and now, Golgotha is quiet now. The wind has died down. The ground has stopped shaking. The rain has stopped, but for a drop or two here and there. Even the torrential rain before didn't wash all the blood away from the base of the cross. It remains. Speaking Volumes about what happened here. The crowd is all gone. The soldiers too. The families of the criminals have come to claim their bodies and Mary and the others have taken Jesus to be buried in the cave tomb. Soon a stone will be rolled across the opening, sealing his body inside and along with it all of our hopes and our dreams and our futures. You see, it's just you and me here now on this quiet hill called Calvary. And in the quiet, we have to reflect. We have to ask those important questions. Was it Rome that put him on that cross? Did they fear him so much that they killed him? Or was it the Pharisees or the priests, the Jews? Who do we blame for this? Pilate asked him, what is truth? And Jesus told him the truth. In fact, he told all of them the truth. And the mob demanded they crucify him for it. Oh, we can ask those questions, but I believe that deep down we know that it was something much less calculated that sent Jesus to the cross. Wasn't it the little acts of disobedience that we commit every day? The little lies that we tell. The half-truths and deceptions that we try to hide. The petty offenses, the thoughtless acts of self-righteousness. Or the unkind words that we mutter under our breaths and sometimes out loud at one another. 
each small sin a swing of the hammer. Each untruth a tighter grip on the nails. I'll swing the hammer, you hold the nails. I'll swing the hammer, you hold the nails. I'll swing the hammer, you hold the nails. Lord God, have mercy on us. Lord God, forgive us. In the name of the Father, the giver of mercy and grace. In the name of the Son, the one who paid it all. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who leads us to the cross. Amen.